Uh, temperature rising a little bit. I have 46 degrees now at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 46 at the Highlands, 44 here at my home studios in Elm Grove. And have you raised up there at all, Bob? You're still 42. Uh, we're moving on up, Howard. We're almost to 44. We're at 43.6. Well, I'm going to call that 44. Moving on up to the east side, 44 degrees. Uh, at the uh, Robinson Automotive Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Round of showers possible this morning, but then we'll see some sun later in the day today. Temperatures in the low 50s for the day today. Warming up into the 60s tomorrow, or around 60 at least tomorrow. And Thursday is the day we're aiming for. We're driving the train to get to Thursday where it's going to be a spring-like day. Spotty shower or drizzle in the morning, but other than that, uh, blue sky, sunshine, and again, temperatures in the 70s. And Mr. Slider has been pointing out other signs of spring besides just the temperature, Bob. It appears they threw trout in uh, Big Wheeling Creek, so that is a sure sign of spring right there. And the Pirates are heading to Florida. Well, yeah, that too. And uh, we're hoping we're, we get our fingers crossed that uh, somehow John McCabe will make the, the team uh, north uh, this year. <laughs> we'll make that spot on the roster. What do you see? What position do you think he plays? Does he is he good at the bats, or you know, or does he like to play right field? Well, you know, in major leagues, Howard, right field's a very important uh, position. I would say John, you know, kind of like a base uh, stealer. You know, that would be his uh, forte. Could get that base for you quick on the base path. Maybe a second baseman kind of has that build. build. Infielder, you keep t- an eye out. He can keep an eye out. He's looking a for the, looking for the. He's a utility yeah. guy. He can do it all. That's the kind of guy you want on your bench. That's the kind of guy you want down at the newspaper. A guy like John McCabe, he can do it all. Mister Nutting is going. <laughs> I didn't know he played. Ba- I didn't know he played baseball. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! We can get him. I know what he. I know we can get him for. <laughs> so, I'll have to see. What do you think, John? John, you want to be a baseball player? You want to go and join the Pirates? Are you ready to travel? You travel anyways. He travels, right? I'm sure he does. Yeah. So. So that's a that's a that's a good thing. All right, nine ten in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Want to join me on the phone lines three zero four? Join us, Bob and I together on the phone lines. Actually, usually on the phone lines, you're joining Bob three zero four two three two eighty two fifty five. That's the phone line, Frio Stack Auction Service phone line, or you can use the text line three zero four two one four sixteen hundred three zero four two one four sixteen hundred, and you are welcome to uh, use that, and I'll share your text with you. I think this is the second person telling me what I already admitted was my mistake. Uh, Aaron Brockovich is not an attorney. She is a legal assistant. Again, if you saw the movie uh, Aaron Brockovich with Julia Roberts in it, she did a lot of the uh, uh, re- I still say legwork, Bob, but maybe that's a bad phrase to use for, <laughs> for that. But she did a lot of the research. She did a lot of the, uh, uh, of the, of the, the behind-the-scenes legal work. She did a lot of the recruiting of clients, which is probably what she's going to be doing. Uh, East Brock, uh, East, oh, no, East Palestine. There it is. We'll see Aaron Brockovich coming up this week uh, to uh, to talk to the people in East in East Palestine. Uh, Nine twelve in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Hey, Bob, I've been meaning to ask you. I know that uh, you were hoping to get yourself a big cowboy picture, right? Well, not exactly. Uh, it's John Wayne, uh, but surprisingly, not a cowboy. I was. Well, he, yeah, but he's dressed like Davy Crockett. I wouldn't say Davy Crockett was a cowboy. He's got the oh, coonskin okay. cap on. You know, he was more of a frontiersman. The picture, and I did get it, Howard. Thanks for asking. Yes, I got it. And I got a couple other items that I have to pick up uh, Thursday uh, over uh, in Brookside at the antique store. And I can't wait. And, and folks, I'm telling you, this is not a, a paid endorsement right now. But I'm telling you, it is fun. It is awesome to go check this stuff out and sometimes just sometimes a lot of times you get a really good deal a really really good deal and howard after you make a bid it's kind of like betting on a football game you kind of like gotta wait you gotta wait to somebody else then gonna go then you gotta follow it yeah, you do true. because somebody might jump over me and overbid and, and then you bid, make another bid and then you said okay i'll go 20 or whatever it is not only do you get great deals and get really really good stuff because this is an auction it's a, an antique place it's nothing but good stuff the next one, now, everybody pay attention. The auction, the auction Bob's talking about is over. But there's more to come. Another one of these at some point, but we don't have yes. schedule. It's coming. Yeah, as far as I know. And I can't wait.
It's coming. All right. So there's still more to get. All right. Might be another John Wayne picture. I don't know. You said you're going to place a five dollar bid. You said you can place a five dollar bid on that uh, Davy Crockett picture. What did you end up paying for it? Well, I ended up paying fifteen bucks for it, but that was my strategy. Okay, because okay. I said, "All right, how much do I want? How much do I want to? How much do I want to pay for this?" Uh, about fifteen, because then if he goes twenty, then I got to go twenty-five. So I kind of set it. You know, I had a little strategy. I got right. my bid in. What I thought that I thought it was worth to oh, me. Yeah. And it worked. That's what I'm saying. And sometimes somebody will make another bid. And then you say, okay, look at it. And, and the technology today from your phone, you get a really nice uh, picture. And, and, you, and you say, man, that is really nice. That would look really nice in my living room. And, and that's what I kind of got caught up in, Howard. And uh, it, it, it's awesome. It really is awesome. And you look at the price and you say, man, I can get it for that? That's what I'm talking about. It, it's almost like watching the Steelers. What, what did, I, I don't need another detail. What, what else did you buy? Did you buy like like stuff for the house or more pictures or what kinds of things did you buy? You said you bought a couple other things. Two other things. One of the things uh, would sit on, it's, it's an antique, it would sit on your dresser. And it's one of those mirrors, Howard, that, um, how would I describe it? Kind of like a swing, uh, you know, kind of, uh, help me here. You know, a, a mirror, old-fashioned mirror that... I don't. I, swivel's not the right word, but you know, moves up and down. You can you can move move the mirror very easily, and it, it sits there like on a hanger. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And okay. and it's, it's yeah, a, there's a name for that. I can't. I don't and I can't think of it right now. Okay. Yeah, but it, 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 this particular I one, no, I I did not get or did they offer the dresser that that used to sit on that was made for that? But it's a it's a great piece anyway because it's it's really old. It's in good shape. And it's one of the, a mirror you, you can basically sit anywhere when you where you need a mirror. It's got a nice platform to it, so that, that's awesome. And I got some glassware for five bucks. Five bucks. Can't can't beat that with the proverbial stick. I think um, my I've never done an online auction, but I have gone to Frios and other auctions in the past. My problem is I get sucked in. I say, yeah, I think I'd like that. Well, it's almost again. It's ten bucks on it, and then the then the bidding starts. Oh, uh, twenty, twenty-five. I'll get twenty-five, twenty-five. I'll give you thirty. Next thing you know, I'm into something for fifty, sixty bucks. I didn't even think I wanted. <laughs> you know? But that's what that's part of the fun of an auction, you know. But I'm talking about a live auction there, not not an on. I've never done an online auction, so. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break, a uh, very quick break, and then uh, let's sit down to Charleston, talk to Flu Who, Flu Hardy, Democrat Party. Uh, Delegate Sean Fluardy in the midst of crossover week will bring us up to speed on what's going on in the legislature. I'm Josh from Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. I hope you are staying healthy. We continue to respond to structural, fire, and water emergencies. We are combating COVID-19 with our highly trained staff and latest disinfection systems, providing preventative and reactive disinfection to facilities around the region while working with area hospitals on isolation areas and air filtering. At Panhandle, we continue to follow social distancing and hygiene protocols. We are dedicated to our community, and together, we will get through this. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. This winter at your local Toyota dealer, it's the perfect time to check out a car, truck, or SUV with available all-wheel and four-wheel drive, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end February 28th. 
Toyota. Let's go places. Everyone appreciates the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Even Governor Justice. Howard, you're a good man, and I appreciate all you do every day. Thank you, sir. Weekdays, 7 to 10 a.m. on The Watchdog. The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Shine. Probably uh, always causing, if not trouble, at least getting attention to the issues that he cares about. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Howard. How you been? Good. Busy week for you this week. All the time, of course, but busy week this week, right? Particularly this week. This is crossover week where we have to get all our bills out of the House, and have to get all our bills out, crossover, so meaning next week when we're taking up legislation, we will only be taking up Senate bills, and likewise in the Senate, they will only be taking up House bills. You're doing Campus Carry today, is that right? Yes, Campus Carry is on third reading. It was on second reading yesterday. We did have a couple amendments to try to keep guns out of dorm rooms and raise the age from 18 for the provisional license that's allowed under this law to 21. Both were um, defeated. And right now the bill goes to the floor with dorm rooms intact and 18-year-olds being able to carry on campus. Um, I've yet, Howard... You know, I've yet to really hear much support. You and for I it. weren't. You and I weren't together. You and I weren't together in school. But I bet you, your school was just like mine. When I was a student at WVU, and was in the dorms at the at the the towers my first couple of years, I sure as hell didn't want anybody on a Saturday night uh, packing heat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, Howard. That's really the the bright line for me on this. I mean, I, I went to WVU. I was there for undergrad. I lived in the dorms. And I can't imagine. And let's not pretend the freshman kids aren't drinking. No, they're drinking. That's just all there is to it. And let's, let's not pretend that, that that's just not the case. And I couldn't imagine if you on a Saturday night, like you said, you're down on High Street and you get in a dust-up with somebody, and you go back and you just have access to a gun right there. I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster. I, I don't understand the necessity and i think under this legislation that's the real issue i have is is the residence halls the dorm rooms that's just it's just a step too far you know we have exceptions in the bill for certain things for instance like mountaineer field if it's i believe 1000 feet capacity center is the cutoff um so if if the if the center has a thousand seats or more then there's an exception and no guns allowed well residence halls Many of them may have a thousand or more, obviously, rooms, and it's just it's a step too far. I think residence halls being in the bill. If you talk to the average voter and the person on the street interview uh, that journalists frequently do, and you walked up and said, "Hey, what do you think about guns in dorm rooms?" A vast majority are going to be like, "That's just a <laughs> bit too much," you know. And, and that's what we tend to do with a lot of legislation. We go just a little too far on these things. Because they can, but that doesn't mean it's good policy. You know, we don't have capital carry. I, uh, we can't carry a gun into the Capitol. There's no capital carry allowed. It, it's the I, same people making these The easy irony decisions. of that is amazing. The, the irony of that is amazing, Sean. You, I could not come down to the Capitol packing heat. But that's right. I could go into a dorm room with my gun. That's, that's, that's crazy time. It, it, well, at least let's have some. Let's make it make sense for me. It, we don't have it. The people in the capital are making a decision on campuses, but yet you can't carry in capital. Make it make sense for me, Howard. But, uh, no, because it. they're worried. They're nervous. They they're worried. Yeah. They go. Oh, my. What? Somebody might come in and bring a gun and be upset with us. I I get it. I get why there's no guns in the capital. Makes sense to me. But yeah, should be that does. The, uh, but it's going to pass. But, but Sean, it's going to pass, right? I mean, it's, uh, no it'll matter what pass. you and I it'll say today, and you and your colleagues say, it'll, it's going to pass. It'll pass with the flying colors. It's not even going to be 
um, you know, I may say a few things on it, but it's not going. Uh, the, the end result's already already there. We already know what it's going to be. I mean, it passed overwhelmingly out of the Senate. Um, I believe the first three sponsors. It's a Senate bill. I believe the first three sponsors did not attend college, which the college experiences we just talked about. It's it's an issue. Like you know, I understand the dorm room, the life in the dorms, and going out and coming back, and people getting fights, things happen, and to just add that to the mix is, is is a dangerous, dangerous thing. And look, I've spoken to administrators, I've spoken to West Liberty University, I've spoken to uh, those who are going to have to deal with this. We're asking them to do things on top of it. West Virginia University said it's going to cost them at least probably three hundred thousand plus dollars to implement proper safeguards. Because we're telling them, okay, if you're going to have guns in the dorm rooms, uh, well, you need to provide an area for them to be stored, a safe for them to be stored. So, like, it's going to cost universities money. And then there's a liability factor. What if they're negligent in, you know, coming up with a strategy on how to store these firearms? And then somebody who doesn't have a permit gets a hold of the firearm and uses it. Then what? Okay, I mean, are we going to subject to WVU and other universities to major liability under those circumstances? So there's so many questions that remain on why it's bad policy other than the the clear eye-opening. Most people agree, hey, wait a minute, maybe the dorm rooms should not be allowed. Um, so, But that's, that's on the, the main agenda for today. But, but, but again, it... It is going to pass. Look at the look at the uh, uh, the public hearing that was held in what judiciary? I think it was. Forty yeah. people spoke. Thirty eight spoke against it. And the thirty eight who spoke yeah. against it weren't just yahoos off the street. They were students. They were law enforcement people. They were university officials. Thirty eight yeah. said no, 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 no. And within an hour or two, the committee goes, "Okay, we're going to yeah. pass it anyways." Uh, we had a we had a gentleman. It, Sean, it has to be. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, we had a gentleman who testified in the Judiciary Committee who was a, a professor at Marshall University. And in his testimony, he's a former Marine. He went and he said, look, I'm a Marine. I had extreme training. It was weeks before we even handled a gun compared to the training that's involved now for a concealed carry permit. It's night and day. And he's a professor at Marshall who teaches classes even involving you know gun safety and things. And he came out against the bill vehemently and was like, look, this is just not a good idea for X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I always say a lawmaker, some of the qualities we need to have to be an effective lawmaker, one is to have empathy for others. Put yourself in their shoes. And two is just listen. Listen to the experts. Listen to the people who know what they're talking about, whether it's a medical professional, whether it's a Marine who has the experience and, and tells you, hey, look, this is not a good idea. You know, listen to the experts and just listen. And Take that information and then apply it. But we don't do that in politics anymore. There was a time when I think that we probably did, but it's not now. They, you know, it, it, it's it's how can we get somebody on a political mailer on something that's you know unjustified, unnecessary, and most of this legislation that we pass these days is culture war BS legislation that really divides the populace, keeps us mad at each other. While politicians take advantage of the system behind closed doors, I mean that's yeah, that's no, the world we live. No in. question about that. And you will, you personally, you will end up next election, assuming you run again for this or some other seat. You will get a mailer against you saying that Sean Fluherty does not support your right to own a gun, or Sean Fluherty that's doesn't right. support yeah. your right to defend yourself because of a bill yeah. like this. You know they'll. The irony, the fun part in that, Howard, is I have a very good voting record on Second Amendment rights. This sure. bill just goes too damn far. It just goes too far. Like I'm an attorney. I understand the Constitution. You have a constitutional right. I support it, and I have you know a, a good history in my voting record. This just goes too damn far. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Yeah. Well, but that that defines. I'm sorry. I'm going to make this political statement. If you don't want, to, that defines the current super duper majority. They just plain go too far every time. Sean, I know you're short on time, so I want to get a couple real quick things in here. Um, the, from day one, there's been a big debate over the income tax cut proposal. Governor Justice made it before the session. Uh, I think the House concurred with it. You voted for it, correct? The the governor's yeah. version. Governor version. And then to the, the Senate, Senate version. Yeah, yeah, and then the Senate version, of course, has is, is got their own version. Now there's all this big debate. I guess I'm looking for your political uh, prognostication. Is it going to pass in some form or another? Is this going to die an ignominious death like uh, it has in the past? 
I would not count on it passing in one form or another. However, I will say this. First off, I think the Democratic plan is the best plan. The Democratic plan uh, negates the first 80000 of income, right? So you make $80,000 or fewer in a year, you pay zero tax. You make above that, mm-hmm. your first eighty is exempt. Okay, we exempt the first 80000 That hits 70 per- 72% of households would pay nil, nothing. And then those who make above 80000 their first 80000 would be exempt. I think the Democratic plan is the best plan. The plan that we voted on in the House was the governor's plan, which cuts 50%, and that's for everybody. So even if you're making a million-plus a year or whatever he's making these days, he's probably, you know, I don't know what he's making, but <laughs> a lot more than most people. And, you know, he's going to get his income taxes cut in half. And that's better than, I believe, the Senate plan, which involves a lot of corporate tax breaks for out-of-state corporations, which from day one I've said, this money needs to go back in the pockets of West Virginians, and that's what I'm going to vote on. So, But at the end of the day, Howard, I'm not sure we see anything, but I'll tell you this. The voters want to see something. We've had eight years now, this supermajority, eight years of Republican rule and running on cutting taxes, and the average West Virginian is still waiting on that. It's been eight years. And I'm going to tell you, they need to get something done. If they don't, it's going to hurt them later on. I, I'm not in support of the Senate's plan, but I will say that Senate President Blair at least is willing to talk, has talked about the cost of any tax cut. And the fact of the matter is that there's a lot of discussion about increasing expenses. You know, there's talk about teacher pay raises, CPS pay raises, uh, correctional officer pay raises. There's talk about some additional money going into education. There's a lot of talk about things that are going to cost more money. And yet we're talking about taking money away from the budget. Uh, I don't think the Senate numbers add up either, but at least he acknowledges that we have to have some thought about how do we balance expenses against against uh, income. Governor just seems to ignore that completely. The, the governor has had this, you know, pie in the sky plan for quite a while. Uh, he likes the kind of I don't know extraordinary way of doing things that he likes to have that as those press conferences, and it's always an attention getter. And hey, here's baby dog. Um, but you start when you start actually getting down on the policy of things, it, you start realizing we have a lot of things that aren't funded appropriately now. So when you say we have 1.9 surplus, do we really? You know, if we were paying our teachers a fair salary, do we really have 1.9 billion? You know, if we're really yeah. funding child care centers and foster parents and and, and uh, prenatal care and things that we need to do, are we real? Do we really have a 1.9 billion surplus? So I agree with that. I mean, w- he looks at this and says. It's my pot of money, and I'm going to do what I think is the biggest splash. Also, just so happens he might be running for U.S. Senate, so let's not confuse these things. Um, so, <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's true, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he kind of poo-poos it away when I interviewed him recently and, uh, and, and said, but, Governor, you know, the numbers, what, how, how, how does it add up? Don't you worry, Howard. It's all going to work out. Yeah. So yeah. I've got all, we all figured, it's all going to work out. It's all figured out. Maybe well, it is. I don't, I don't know. think you'd agree with me. <laughs> He's not someone who gets tied down into the minutia and the policy side of things. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I'm not I would say would that's true. Agree with that? Yeah, and I think he would probably agree yeah. with that. He's you know, a straight shooter. He'll probably tell you he doesn't spend a whole lot of time getting in the weeds on things. That's why he had staff. So you know, <laughs> and that's kind of I think what we get out of this is his plan versus people who slow down and go, wait a minute here. <laughs> Do we really have 1.9? <laughs> I believe based upon WVU's study, 20% of that surplus at least comes from a volatile gas market right now. Right? We've been doing well, yeah. especially in the Northern Panhandle, in producing severance taxes. But that doesn't mean that's something that's ongoing year in and year out. So it's a volatile market. A lot of this money came from the feds. You know, let's not pretend that this was something that was done organically through legislation. Sean, I, I know you've got to get back to – Back to business, so but and there's a dozen things we could talk about. But is there anything else in particular that you think we ought to be aware of that either is coming up or that's already been done that you think has been a disaster, uh, or you think it's been good? I mean, uh, some final thoughts on what we ought to know. Well, uh, you know, in a big week that we have the deliberate intent bill, especially for our friends in the Northern Panhandle working in coal mines. Uh, the deliberate intent bill is a very bad bill that goes against coal miner safety and essentially says the life of a coal miner is worth 250000 no matter what. Um, you know, we've had many tragedies, even locally we've had tragedies. And to say that a coal miner's life is only worth 250000 when he's leaving a, a widow and many kids behind, 
uh, is a slap in the face. And that's what this deliberate intent bill does. There was a public hearing held on Monday about it, a lot of just gripping testimony from individuals who, you know, widows who lost their husbands, from sons and daughters who lost their father, and said the only way we're able to survive as a family unit going forward is that we had just compensation following uh, this horrible tragedy. And, and we're talking about intent here, Howard. We're talking about a coal baron, the boss, who knows that things aren't aren't right and says, go mine the coal anyway. We'll care about safety second. And then something bad happens. Upper Big Branch comes to mind. And, you know, I'm not coming down here to, to vote to protect Don Blankenship by any means. And that's where we're at now. And that and that's horrible. And it's, it's such a complex piece of legislation. It's hard to turn it into political you know, the political wins and the political soundbite. You know, hopefully I was able to justify it in 15 seconds, but it's very hard to do, but it's very important. Yeah, but pe- people need to understand, Sean. We're, we're not talking about frivolous lawsuits or people trying to game this. No. We're talking about deliberate intent when it has been shown that the offending party, i.e. the business person, the coal company, whatever, yes. when yes. it has been shown that they did this, that they caused this damage to someone, with deliberate intent, they knew they could have fixed it, and they didn't. That kind of – it's deliberate intent. That's the key thing. This isn't frivolous lawsuits. This isn't just Hell someone no. trying to gain the system, Howard, like I said. These, these deliberate intent. hardly ever and, filed. They're hardly ever filed. Only – you're right. Only yeah. under extreme circumstances. And they're trying to say, under these extreme circumstances, 250000 life of a coal miner. Yeah. Even if the, yeah. Even if the individual, the, the operator knew, knew. I mean, why would you ever, if you knew there was something wrong safety-wise, why, why, who gives a damn? Serve it to God. Nothing. Well, then it, be, then it becomes a, just it becomes a mathematical question. Well, if it's going to cost us three hundred thousand dollars to fix the problem, okay, uh, if we get sued, we got two hundred thousand, two fifty. That's all we have to put out. So we're fifty thousand to the good. So let's not fix it. You know, I mean, that's it's it's. Ludicrous. It's it's ludicrous. And, and it's ludicrous. a great point, Howard, that it's not it's not frequent. These the cases are not frequently filed. Thankfully, right? Thankfully, they're not frequently filed. But when they are, and a tragedy happens, to say that you know we're just going to put this number out of the sky that it has, comes with no real analysis. So you tell me a coal miner who's 22 years old just started a family dies because of the negligence and the intent of the operator to not follow safety guidelines if they knew that there were issues at the mine and that gentleman's going to live say another 50 years has a, has a child or two and a wife and that we're going to say here's two hundred fifty thousand dollars it's a slap in the face to all the coal miners and i don't want to hear and if this bill passes i don't want to see a mailer i don't want to see anything from the gop which says we support coal miners because you don't you support Colt Barron in the money contributions that come companies. from Colt Barron to your political campaigns. I don't want to see one piece of paper, one piece of paper that says otherwise. Yeah, that's a great point. Sean, I appreciate your time today. We should have been talking more often during the session. I'll try and grab you a couple more times before you wrap things up. But always appreciate the work you do. Always appreciate the time you give to us. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Go back and do, go back and do the people's business. Thanks for all you do, Howard. Thanks for being a voice up there. We appreciate you. All right. Uh, Ohio County Delegate Sean Fluherty. I, I hate to let it, Bob, I hate to let him go because c- couldn't you tell? He was just getting wound up. He was, he was just it was like one of those dolls that just finally got wound up there right at the end. I love it when, when uh, Flu gets wound up. He was really passionate, and he kind of give you uh, a nice send-off there like the governor appreciates all you do, Howard, all you do up here in the Panhandle. I see. See, they all appreciate me. Everybody appreciates me. It's, it's, uh, and you. We all appreciate you. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. I don't know if the governor remembers some of the comments you once upon a time made him. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> maybe you you were you were in your other persona, I think, at that time, so maybe you would remember. I was just trying I was just trying to get attention, Howard. That's all. Don't hold that against me. Yes indeed. <laughs> yes indeed. <laughs> Nine thirty seven, twenty three till the hour here on the Watchdog One Show. Home stretch got a couple things I want to get into. Bob, isn't it funny? I started off this morning, you and I talked off the air. I said, Man, I don't know if we got enough to fill the show. Right. Yeah. What happened to that? <laughs> what happened to that? I got I got half the stuff I planned to get into today. I haven't even touched it. We'll get into it tomorrow, perhaps. But uh, yeah, it's been a good show, and it's always because of you, Mr. Slider, and because of you, the listeners and the texters. Um, and somehow, again, I we started off what I thought was going to be oh, and I told I said it to Bob. I said, Bob, this is uh, this has the potential to be a bad show because I don't have 
just not sure it's going to work. Son of a gun? It did. I'm not sure why. I do know that we have Metro West News Virginia right Metro now. Metro News, I'm Chris Lawrence. Emotional testimony coming from the House chamber during a public hearing on Monday about a bill that would limit financial damages in cases where injured workers can prove deliberate intent by employers who cut corners on safety. The bill would limit non-economic damages in those cases to $250,000. Injured worker Robert Hyde spoke against the bill. I was injured nine years ago due to my employer violating industry safety standards. The result was the amputation of my left leg below the knee. I have having the ability to hold my employer accountable for the financial and psychological impacts of my injury helped me and my family to move forward with our lives. John Kreitz, president of Allegheny Wood Products, those spoke in favor of the bill, saying the problem with the way this is litigated now is there are just too many false claims. Anyone with a serious injury can bring a claim, and it causes a huge burden in insurance, uh, litigation, and it's a huge risk for any employer in West Virginia. House Bill 3270 fixes all that. Read more at WBMetroNews.com. Could be work training for most SNAP benefit recipients in West Virginia under a bill moving in the House. But West Virginia Retailers Association's Bridget Lambert says it could also lead to fewer people on food stamps, and that could hurt small grocery stores and create more hunger in the state. House Government Organization Committee advanced the bill on Monday. House Education Committee moving forward with three bills aimed at addressing the statewide teacher shortage. You're listening to Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. State police are investigating an officer-involved shooting in Roan County that left one dead Saturday. Sheriff Philip Deaver released a statement Monday after reviewing the deputy's body cam footage saying the shooting was justified and that the actions of the deputy were appropriate and necessary. Preliminary hearing set for one this afternoon in Logan County Magistrate Court for a coffee shop owner who's alleged to have had sexual encounters with minors. State police arrested 47-year-old Michael Klein, owner of the Hot Cup Coffee Shop in Logan, earlier this month. From the Metro News Anchor Desk, I'm Chris Lawrence. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf with the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. Shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70, the top of the hill, the Highlands. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. of the program tomorrow uh we're going to talk with um professor andrew wetton who is a uh, professor at purdue university he is an environmental professor who is going to be talking about um the long-term potential long-term uh damage that could be done from east palestine he's uh, written a couple of pieces about that just recently he's going to join us here on the show to uh, talk about that that should be kind of interesting uh, we've talked a lot about the water problems and the air problems, and I've mentioned a little bit about the ground problems, ground, you know, the soil problems that I don't think we've talked enough about. Uh, but what about, what, what are the long-term effects? You know, what's going to happen? I've said, Bob, before that, you know, if, if stuff falls, if the train derailment sent off this big cloud and it went into the water, but it also went into the air and it could come down to the ground, it's going to sink into the ground, into the soil, down to the groundwater, and it's going to be there for a long time. You know, theoretically, in the water, you can wait till the plume goes by. You can cleanse the water with chemicals and so on. But when it leaches into the ground, 
what's that mean long term? Howard, they know that. What does it mean for people who have no choice but to live there? I saw the Intel, I think, did a story today or yesterday about, uh, you know, a lot of people in East, East Palestine are now saying, well, we're going to sell our houses. Who's going to buy them? Well, the answer is right nobody. Now, right? I mean, well, the railroad's going to buy them. That, that's who's going to buy them. Yeah. The railroad's going to have to buy everybody out. But, uh, Howard, this isn't the first time that's happened. I mean, it's, it, it happens. You know, they, they know. Uh, and they know they just don't know yet because all that stuff, just like you described, it went up, it went sideways, it went somewhere. And uh, it's going to end up in the waters where it's going to end up gradually. Right. That's where it's right. going to end up. And, and again, in, in the groundwater, it'll leach into the ground. I'm, I'm no expert on this, and we'll talk to Professor Witten about it tomorrow and see if he gives more better details. But, look, it's going to leach in. It's going to the, the, will come out of the air, head on the soil, leach into the ground, get down into the groundwater somewhere, and then travel. it travels. You know, if they say water finds its own level, it'll travel. Where's it going to travel to? I mean, I, I am not. I know that McCabe yelled at me yesterday and said I sound too much like Chicken Little. And I'm trying not to be. I'm not trying to be overly chicken little. But the truth of the matter is, I think that, you know, there is this is a bigger deal going on here than we have been than we have been talking about. I mean, I, maybe that's that's what. I, anyways, uh, Professor Wetton will do with this tomorrow. He is an expert, and he has studied this, and he is going to give us some thoughts. He's written about it uh, already several times uh, in the past couple of weeks. So he's going to join us to talk about that. And on Thursday, uh, Bob, we're going to talk with a lady from the DOD. Uh, Department of Defense, um, and she had to get permission from the DOD to actually do the show before she could confirm that she was allowed to be on. Uh, she's written a piece about UFOs. Now, she's really talking more about these objects in the sky, like the balloons and other objects that we're hearing more and more about. Remember, we had a professor from Arizona University uh, months ago who said, you know, the UFO issue is really not so much little green men and coming in from outer space. It is national security. It's what we now have learned are the balloons, for example. So uh, uh, Wendy Whitman is going to join us tomorrow, uh, uh, Thursday, uh, from the Department of Defense uh, to talk about how the DOD is looking at UFOs. Uh, but not little green men, not, not aliens from outer space, not do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, but rather the actual uh, things that we've seen in the sky and how our, our perception, I don't think the DOD's perception, has changed. I think they've always been particularly concerned about the defense side of things, the the national security security side of things. But I think as a result of the Chinese balloon and then some follow-up stories, we, the public, are getting a better sense of what may be up there in the sky. And, again, it may not always be uh, little green men. I have a few odds and ends I want to get to if I have a chance, but we're going to be talking to Brenda Danehart coming up in a minute as well. So uh, it's 946, 14 till the hour here, Watchdog Morning Show for a – oh, you have a uh, – let's do this. You, you have an update for me, Bob? Well, Howard, I know what I bought now. It's uh, This would describe okay. it. It would be a shaving mirror that turns like on a shaving, a, a shaving mirror, and, and it sits on a pedestal. stool. And I guess that is kind of a swivel where you could adjust it, you know, kind of turn it this way and up and down that way. But it's a antique shaving mirror is what I bought, Howard. Cool. That's cool. You could be your own barber. Maybe. At least I'll know, hey, man, I need to shave or <laughs> you need to, you know, scrub up a little bit. And I, at least I'll see what I'm dealing with. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this is probably not your first auction. I mean, do you do you enjoy auctions in general? I know the John Wayne uh, D uh, Davy Crockett picture just caught your attention, but uh, do you? Because you, you know you work with Jim Frio a good bit and Shane, and I mean, do you do you go to these things and go, man, there's some stuff here I'd like to have? Well, I'm just going to be honest here. Comment. I'm just going to be honest. I'm old school. What I loved about the auction was Jimmy Frio and, and his crew, and sometimes I was a part of that crew. You feel it you get pumped up you can feel the excitement in yeah. the crowd and i'm telling you think well no it's it's almost like being in a sporting event and you get wrapped up it in is. that and that's what i miss this is pretty cool again because you're you're in your living room wherever you want to be you go to that website and the pictures are outstanding where you can get a really good look there's a little description and you make a, you can either say hey i'd like to get a closer look you know, so you can do those things. It's just a little bit different. 
I miss that. I miss Jimmy just raising hell, pointing at people, you know, that type of thing. That's that's what I miss. But, you know. I ain't got 25, 25. Hey, I'm going to have it, I'm going to have it, I'm going to have it. Yeah, I got 30, I got 30, I got 30. I ain't 35, I'm here, 35, I'm 35, 35, 135, 135. I see the man in the red hat. He's 35. Yes. And all of a sudden, you're sucked into it, right? And every once in a while, one of those will pop up. And you know what? Maybe someday they will come back in full force. Just once in a while because people figured out. It, it, it costs more to have that big auction where you, you pick this stuff up over here and you take it over here. Now you have a crew that separates it. Th- this way it, it does, you know, uh, save money. But, man, I miss that live auction. Bringing us back to where we started the show out this morning, Bob. Never coming back, Howard. Never, ever going to be the same. We're doomed. <laughs> does until the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. And Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4445. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Need a new suit? Looking for a good... Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. On FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Papa loves mambo. Mama loves mambo. Look at him sway with it. Get so gay with it. Shout no labor with it. Wow. Papa loves mambo. Papa loves mambo. Mama loves mambo. Mama loves mambo. Papa does great with it. Swings like a gate with it. He loses weight with it. Now he goes to. She goes slow. He goes fast. She goes slow. He goes left. And she goes right. food stories today. Not leftover food. I very seldom have leftover food. <laughs> I have a lot of leftover food stories today. Things I had wanted to get into and I didn't. I'm going to hold them to, for tomorrow because I think we can do some good conversation with them, uh, including the pepperoni roll story, which, again, Channel 7 reported this uh, several days ago. I picked it up from the TV7 website, WTRF.com. Um, could the pepperoni roll become the official state food of West Virginia? And I had the story, and I thought we'd talk about it a little bit. And then I got thinking, are there any other foods that you would consider to be West Virginia foods? And the pepperoni roll makes perfect sense. It's a, uh, made in, you know, created in West Virginia. It has a West Virginia heritage to it and so on. Are there any other foods that would be West Virginia foods that if we were creating an official food list, it would be there? And we'll talk about that tomorrow a little bit more, so uh, stick around for that. Willie Council has a couple of things coming up tonight. Uh, this afternoon, I forget which whether it's an evening or afternoon meeting, but um, there are a couple things that are going on that I want to talk about. We'll pick up on those tomorrow after we see uh, what council does with them, and uh, you'll find out what council does and whatever else news is happening when you're paying attention. WTRF TV uh, and Brenda Danehart is here right now to tell us what they're working on. Good morning, Brenda. How how do we always get the food in the morning? Uh, you always make me hungry because you're talking about food. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if you've come to understand this or not, but 
I like to eat. So <laughs> we, we, we invariably find food somewhere on the uh, on the agenda. But there were a couple of a couple of food stories that struck my attention. The uh, uh, the, the pepperoni roll maybe being the official food of West Virginia. I saw that on your website. thought that was kind of interesting. We're going to talk about that. I see where Tito's Sloppy Dogs are looking to expand. Uh, so that's, uh, that's that's a that's a good story, and we'll talk about that. And uh, just a couple things. Again, I just want to – whenever food crosses my mind, it comes out my mouth. I don't mean the food comes out my mouth. I mean I talk about the food that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> no, but you're, you, you named two things that I really like, pepperoni rolls and hot dogs. It's <laughs> – yeah, two two of my favorites. Pizza would be the other one. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. There'd be a great meal: pepperoni rolls, hot dogs, and pizza. I could do. I could make a meal out of that. Come to think of it. Oh, I have a meal like Bob. Yes, you can, Howard. No doubt. <laughs> no, no, my man, could you pepperoni rolls, pizza, hot dogs? Could you have a, make a, a meal well? Yeah, like give me yeah, give me one of each. That'll that'll work. Okay, that sounds good. All right. Um, and uh, Brenda, Adam got us all excited this morning because it looks like Thursday is going to be another great day and very springy almost with 70 degree temperatures again. So we're, yeah, we've set yeah. our GPS system straight to Thursday. So that sounds good. You know, I think, you know, what is that, the third day in, in February that it's going to hit 70 plus? Um, so it's that's amazing. a record in itself. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. So this weather is not bad at all. I, I am going to promise myself that on Thursday I'm going to put my tennis shoes on and, and at lunchtime take a go. nice long walk. I think that's a great idea. And I want you to know I will be, well, thinking about you. <laughs> I won't actually be out walking myself, but, <laughs> but I, I'll, be, I'll be thinking about it. <laughs> what do you got going today? Um, a couple things. Um, right now, um, well, actually at 11, not right now, but this is a cool story. Um, Wheeling, uh, WVNCC, the Wheeling campus, is going to cut the ribbon for what they're calling a new state-of-the-art facility. It's a nursing simulation lab, and it has all kinds of components to it. So DK is headed there. That sounded very interesting to me. Um, we have our Veterans Voices, and um, that's, you know, twice a month that Catherine goes and finds just – a wonderful person to talk to, a veteran, and it's her passion. And she traveled to Bellville this time, so I, I, I don't know the gentleman's name, but we're going to learn more about him uh, tonight at 5. So we'll we'll uh, have Veterans Voices at 5. DK is also heading She really to loves that. She loves that, doesn't she? Oh, that, that is. She, re- yeah, she really that loves is. those Veterans Voices. Yeah. She loves the Veterans Voices. She brought that to us when she came and said that she wanted to start it up. And we had tried that before with a couple of reporters, and, and they had issues finding veterans that would talk, and I get that. But she has oh, yeah. absolutely no problem finding veterans all over the Ohio Valley um, and veteran support groups. And she does a podcast, um, you name it, and she does it for veterans. So, um, yeah, she, she's it's just a passion of hers. So we, we love that special series. And then DK is going to stop the bleed training for all high school students. I thought this was interesting. Forty percent of all trauma-related deaths are due to bleeding. Um, And so teens really need to take a look at that, and she will be at that training at 1 today. And then we're going to also go to Wheeling Council. But now you put a good point in my mind. I don't know if it's 1230 or 530. I think it's 530, but I better check. I no offense to council, but I just I can never remember when the <laughs> when the meeting times are cause, uh, anymore. I can't either. I get I get confused on that, but that's something else that we're going to uh, we're going to cover. And then Bailey's going to head on over to NAMI um, to talk about. Um, you saw last week that Senator John Fetterman checked himself yeah. in, and he got. He got a lot of support from both sides of the aisle, you know, that realizing he had an issue and checking himself in. And so we're going to uh, going to talk to NAMI, uh, Julie Gomez from NAMI, just about that and also about some other topics that, that will be really interesting down the road. So great group there. So just some of the things that we're working on today. Depression is a bigger problem than people realize. You know, too many of us think of depression as, well, I get sad, too. What's the big deal? Well, it's not the same thing. True depression is a clinical uh, problem and is a debilitating problem for many people and can lead to really bad outcomes if it's not properly dealt with. So uh, understanding the signs of depression in yourself and in others is really important, which I'm sure that Nami will talk about in your report today because those kinds of things are really uh, important for us to know. And like I said, uh, uh, Brenda, I think a lot of people say, you know, well, we're all sad from time to time. Well, depression is not the same thing as just being sad. 
there's a whole different element to it than that. And that's my lecture Agreed. for the morning, and I, have, so I, I apologize for ranting there. But. No, no, you're right, though. You're absolutely 100% right, and NAMI does such great work. So um, it, it'll be good to uh, to check in with them and get some uh, get some uh, advice from them on what to watch for. All right, sounds good. People can check it all out on TV at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 530 is your region-wide program. Good stuff all the time. Check it out at WTRF.com where you uh, can follow the news as it develops during the day. Some interesting sidelights on the news are always there as well. And if you want the news first and foremost, just put the Storm Tracker 7 app and the news app from WTRF-TV on your iPhone or your smartphone or your tablet. And when news breaks, you will hear about it first because it will pop up right there on your phone. I know it does on mine. Brenda, always good talking to you. Thank you very much. And uh, let's see, tomorrow is our early day, so I won't talk to you, but we'll talk again on Thursday. Sounds good. Have a great day. All right, you too. Brenda Danehart, News Director, The Big 7, WTRF-TV, checking in this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Well, as I said earlier, Bob, at at 7 o'clock, I went, oh, God, what's this going to be like today? We had a couple of guests, and I didn't know where else we were going. And son of a gun, I think we made it through. And I think it's been both informative and entertaining. And you know what? The most important thing to me about doing the show, you know what it is, Bob? What is that, Howard? What is that? That that you and I have fun. We hung out and we had fun. We didn't yell at each other. <laughs> you know, if, if we're having fun, that's fine. I hope people listening in enjoy it as well. But honestly, I just want to have fun. That's, we had fun you know, today. That's, that's it. Hey, listen, back tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, when they go around to the big gig, you'll be back with me, I assume, maybe with your John Wayne picture. I don't know. And some Pepsi, of course. Me and the Duke and Pepsi will be here bright and early. All right, see you in the morning at 7 o'clock. The Watchdog Morning Show right here. Hoppy is next. WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370, WV.